0: Hey Spreedy. Hey Nugget.
1: Evening boys.
0: Welcome Welcome back. Yes, number 52 of Sports & Spit.
2: It's been a long time between drinks again boys.
0: Yeah, we've all taken some annual leave uh, without going anywhere and uh, after a short layoff we're back to talk some more sport.
2: Yeah, for all those yeah. listeners who are wondering where we've been, we've been in India in for the IPL. We've been stuck in hotel quarantine.
1: We've been stuck in the Maldives. Our
2: apologies, folks. Sh- streety roomed with Michael Slater and has an exclusive coming up later on uh, the Australian government and which way Slats is going to vote next next federal election.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you thought I was annoying, just try and share a room with Michael Slater for a week. Goodness gracious.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had a touch prick.
0: So, uh, <laughs> uh, very good. Yes. So, um, listen, plenty I mean, Last time we spoke, it was the NRL season preview. And uh, we are
2: 11 rounds 10, in.
0: 11 rounds in starting tomorrow. Um, we're going to touch on some NRL a little bit later because um, there's probably plenty to talk about and a lot's happened this season. Um, and yeah. now's a good point. Yeah. Good, good Got a few days sort of you.
1: You Blake's too, picking the bloody knights of the wooden spoons. You're kidding yourselves. <laughs> that was me. Oh, They're on their way we're, there,
2: mate. Don't worry about that. The nah, only thing holding just, him up is the Bulldogs.
1: <laughs> uh, Mid-season mid, mid slump, mate. We'll be right. We'll be right.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, even your coaches deserted you. He's looking for other players already. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I would too.
2: I would too. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: I don't think any of us can crow about the success of
1: our football teams at the moment. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, honestly, so the Bulldogs are the worst team going around, but... Go
1: there, Bulldogs. Oh, oh no. Central Charlestown. We're going all right. (laughs) Win a few games.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the Um, uh, the,
0: the theme of this episode is uh, play in, playoffs, and played out. So we're going to cover those three different themes uh, all in a row. And the first one is play in, and that basically refers to the NBA play-in tournament commenced today. There was two games in the Eastern Conference. not that exciting, to be honest. Um, but uh, we're going to sort of uh, grab your thoughts on it and, and sort of decide whether we think that's a good or a bad thing and and uh, do we think it's here to stay. Macca, what do you reckon? The playing tournament, yay or nay?
2: Well, uh, I am actually a yay for this, treating. I, But for unusual reasons. Maybe we should just cover very quickly what the play-in tournament is for those of our listeners who don't follow it the same way we do. Yeah. So the play-in tournament was introduced last year for the first time in the NBA when they went into the bubble after a COVID break, right? Is that right? That's right, isn't it? No. Yep.
0: This is the first year of the play-in tournament.
1: No, the play-in tournament, yeah.
2: Was also, what did different? they do last year? They had a play-in game, did they?
1: No, it was just the, It was just the bubble for a bit because that was the end of the season, and then they went into the playoffs. Mm. So they okay. played well, in the bubble. They, they played 10. the end of the. They played in the end of the season in the bubble, and then they well, started I, the playoffs.
2: Okay. Well, I thought that they had a playing game last year in the bubble during that. They may like, have.
0: Well, I think um, Portland had to beat Brooklyn in a game to yeah. make it. Otherwise, the Phoenix would have made it.
2: Yes. Um, so there was a, there was some type of playing game in the bubble last year anyway, but that was all a bit of a mixed up season. I, I thought year, it was just
1: to the end of the season and that because it was basically they'd cut the season where it cut and then yeah. they played the last bit, but everyone had by then had worked out, well, for instance, Phoenix had to win all their games and rely on some others to lose to get the eighth spot, which yeah. they won their games, unbelievably, but Yeah, a few other results didn't fall their way. So,
2: okay. Well, I don't know, but the way that this one works this year, right, is if you finish in ninth or tenth, you play each other. And if you finish in seventh or eighth, you play each other. And the winner of the seven eight game goes into the seventh seed. The loser of the seven eight game plays the winner of the nine ten game. The loser of the 9-10 game is eliminated and then the winner of the game between the loser of the 7-8 game and the winner of the 9-10 game gets the eighth spot. Did anyone follow that? Totally, yes. Right. <laughs> so, so it's more or less a
0: repercharge type situation.
2: It basically means you play a lot of games for no reason. If In the naysayers, that's what they would say, right? That's Right. Is that where you're at, Streetie? Do you Are you a yay or a nay here?
0: I, I like it. I I think that uh, for the last month of the season, and it, well, they play 12 to 15 games per month on average. So mm. for a team that is, you know, going to make the playoffs and there's no doubt, the last month of an NBA season is a bit of a yawn because especially the last couple of years, you know, teams have rested players. And if you're a fan and you're, you know, let's use Australia as an example, often travel. Um, in the first quarter of uh, a year to to go watch NBA games on a holiday um, just prior to the playoffs. But often they can buy a ticket to a Lakers or a Clippers Clippers game or whoever, the Sixers even. Uh, They may rock up to an arena and some of those key players that they want to watch are being rested for no good reason. Um, So, you know, TV ratings and all that sort of stuff sort of take a bit of a nosedive in that last month and it largely becomes uninteresting. Um, so what I like about the play-in is you may have a team that's ravaged by injuries and different circumstances, and we'll use the uh, Washington Wizards as in this example. Pretty horrible start to the year. I think they were 3-15 and 15 and they had like a 4% chance of making the playoffs at one point. Um, ravaged by COVID, they couldn't even train for two weeks. They just basically didn't, really have, didn't have a team that they, they could field. So they, they had a lot of games postponed and, and, and so forth. So uh, normally, without a playing tournament, their season would have been well and truly over just after it started. Um, So they would have just coasted through the season with not much incentive to do anything except for Tank to increase the likelihood of winning a draft pick, a high one, for the next season. Uh, This year, um, some players were able to come back for some injuries uh, you know you know russell westbrook go on a triple double tear and basically help pull his team out of the mud and sort of get him to the tenth spot so i don't doesn't i don't really think it matters where you finish whether it's seven to seven to ten you can bring momentum into the end of a season and carry your team you know um what normally would have been out of the race to then in the race
2: what do you think nugget because i fell asleep halfway through that
1: no i like the i won't call it ncaa but i like the tournament aspect of it in terms of you've you've got what depending on where you fall you could be knocked out straight away um which i don't think we'll see it this year but i think there's going to be if they continue on with it there's going to be years where we're going to see that underdog team come through and Everyone loves an underdog story, but um, but then at the same time, going back to what we originally said about how you know the end of seasons, and I think this year as well, it's been mentioned a few times ratings have been absolutely shithouse for yeah. the NBA. So I think they had to do something just to try and mix something up. As to the success of it, I think we're going to see some predictability, but. At the same time, is there is there a matchup there? Lakers and Warriors.
0: Yeah, it's tomorrow. So that's that's yeah. probably that a, a sort big of stuff. Plus. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think that that'll probably be one of the highest rated games all year, um, mm. just because you know there's a couple of good storylines involved in that. I think yeah. um, what the NBA might be missing an opportunity to really capitalize, and this, because it's the first year, things might change. But I think an idea of when you talk and you say play in tournament perhaps maybe those four teams should converge on the city that's ranked seventh and this, this case would be LA. And you play the playing tournament over two days and you have two games a day or whatever it is. And, you know, you might have game one is on the Staples center court um, and it's got, you know, the, whoever played today, Charlotte and Indiana. Okay. And then uh, Charlotte get pumped, Indiana stay in, and then they play, you know, the, the winner in the Eastern conference of, who was it today? It was uh Celtics and Wizards. So Celtics advance. So the next game. So you play all those playing teams, play in the one arena, in in the one city uh, over two days. So you actually have a tournament sort of thing. So your games are back to back, um, and sort of make it a bit more of a spectacle, and <laughs> a little bit similar to what the NRL do with the Magic Round. Give it that sort of what, feel instead of
2: what about, I think be Better. Yeah. What about Streety? Yeah, and uh, probably right, Nug. What about So wouldn't – if that was the case, wouldn't they be better off to run a tournament like they did in the NBL this year where during the year they put all the teams down in Melbourne and for a three- to four-week period basically played a tournament in the middle of the season, right? So they started basically the ladder again but counted the games during the tournament against the regular season ladder but it was basically for an NBL mid-season cup. Now, if you're going to do a tournament-style type competition, do you think there's any value in doing a mid-season NBA tournament? Because I know the NBA are considering that.
1: I, I don't think so because, I mean, what you can't really do prize money because these blokes are already on a squillion dollars, but... Does that then buy you say a spot in the top in the playoffs that gets you guaranteed eight spot regardless of where you fall? I think you're sort of going into I suppose a bit of dangerous ground there because you sort of go well okay if someone wins that and then they can just pretty much rest players do whatever because they know they're guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So yeah, it's hard in that what if you offer that guaranteed playoff
2: it. spot? I think it opens it up for manipulation. Or another I don't necessarily be. believe that you. I don't necessarily believe it's impossible to offer these blokes prize like prize money, and they wouldn't take it. Like I think, yeah. I, one of the one of the things that I think here's an idea, boys. If you're going to do that mid-season cup thing, then what I would suggest you do is you try and work it at a at a at a period of time where you invite the top Euro League teams over to participate in the tournament as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, maybe. But then another of another how many, thought. How many games they play.
2: Yeah, another mate, They're be. already yeah. performing seals. They already play 82. If you yeah, play 20 in a bubble, or, what did Switchy say? 12 to 15 a month. Say you ran it for a month and they played 12 to 15 games and it still counted towards their regular season total. Mate, they're playing these it's many games. I
0: mean, there's I not going there's to be no. many EuroLeague teams that are going to beat an NBA team. Mate, you might get and, the odd one here and there. Um no, what yeah, I was going to say well. is, Mate, Maybe I reckon they'd give no. them
2: a fair shot now. I reckon they'd give them a fair shot just quietly.
0: Some of the shit teams, but. Um,
2: You'd have to pick well, the top teams from the Euro League, but some yeah. of the top Euro League teams would smash, like, you know, some of the shit NBA teams.
0: Well, I mean, we did just see a, a big uh, conglomerate of uh, star teams trying to form a league that fell. It was it was 48 to 72 hours old and it fell flat on its ass, and it's no, it's no longer there. That uh, champion, United, whatever they
2: called it. Oh, the Hockey bloody thing, money grab. That was the most misplaced yeah. marketing venture since New Coke. Sorry. Yeah, it was a massive
0: backfire <laughs> for the big English clubs. <laughs> New mm. Coke, yeah. So, my idea for maybe if they're going to do an in season tournament is obviously you incentivize the players, but maybe uh, if you incentivize the teams, the prize being the 10th pick in the draft, or you know, a lottery pick, or extend the lottery out to 15, to 15 picks or a top 10 pick. You know, make mm. make that the prize for for the club, but obviously, you know, uh, bringing in a top ten pick pushes someone else out. So, offer a, a good good pot for the players. So it's got to be an incentive for both the, um, the the franchise, the team, and also the players.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it, maybe maybe it isn't so much prize money, or maybe it is. I mean, look, like the boys, the, like, like yeah, the top tier guys are on millions of dollars and all those type of thing. But also. You know, the other guys, you know, down the bottom, they they you know, if you got a couple hundred thousand dollars out of it, it's another couple hundred thousand dollars to make your vacation pretty cushy. And if
0: you really want to take it to the extreme and create some super duper interest, you know, maybe the price of the NBA in season tournament is a guaranteed playoff spot and a top ten pick. You know what I mean? Like that that would, you know, obviously be a massive incentive for everyone involved.
1: I think yeah. that that does create that a bit of manipulation but I mean I've always said like because of it how much of a yawn I haven't watched the last couple of years of the All-Star game for example I think baseball has it perfect in that you you win the All-Star game that wherever it is East or West gets guaranteed home court advantage for the finals. Mm.
2: Yeah for the World Series yeah hockey, yeah. hockey do that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think that's
1: well regardless of then when you when you have because then you've still got to get to the finals so you're still striving for that but mm. at least you know you've got home court advantage so yeah. there's some incentive well to play defense so we don't have bloody a score of 198 to 202 or something. So.
0: so in tomorrow's games um obviously you know we've got uh the lakers and warriors so lebron and steph head-to-head yet again in another key game um LeBron's coming off an injury. The Lakers, it's fair to say, have probably underachieved record-wise, but I suppose they've had their two best plays out for probably, you know, a third of the year. So the rest of their supporting cast haven't really um, towed the line so much and and their record is what it is because of
2: that. The the Brooklyn Nets have had a heap of blokes out for, like, like, especially their superstars for most of the year and they finished second in the (laughs) East.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can make a case that the East is – Far weaker than the West at the moment.
2: Is that the case you make, making or Dex? are you just saying someone could make that case?
0: No, I think that is the case. I think the um, – Yeah, I uh, think that's the case. But at some point you got three. You're Durant, and Duran and They all haven't been at the same time. There's a, a period where the Lakers had Davis and LeBron out at the same time.
2: So that's because so they're both – well, Davis isn't old but he's injury prone and LeBron's old and shit. So, and they're coming off like a pretty short turnaround for an off season too. Yeah, exactly. Right? But I mean,
0: you know, um, so I, I guess the question I got for you guys in single single game, um, who would you rather on your team, LeBron or Steph Curry?
2: LeBron James. LeBron. Yeah. yeah. A
1: healthy LeBron James.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that's... think that the um, I think the Lakers will win tomorrow. I don't think the Warriors have any one to to guard the Lakers' front line. So ultimately, that's where the game will be won for the Lakers. Um, At the same time, Steph Steph Curry can put up 50 or 60 points and, and, you know, drag the Warriors to a bit of an upset on his back. But for those two teams, it's not an elimination. You know, if the Lakers win, they finish with the seventh seed uh, and uh, the Warriors will then play against the winner of uh, Spurs and, and Grizzlies for the right to take the eighth spot. So... Yeah, interesting games. I think the Western Conference matchups are far more interesting than the
1: East. Well, I think that's where – sorry. I think that's where – and this is where the tournament thing could sort of come into because that's the other game tomorrow is what Grizz and Spurs. Yeah. And that's sort of – yeah, that's sort of – well, neither of them are going to make – they're not going to make much noise in the playoff anyway. So it would be good to have them and the others and the Wizards and Boston and those sort of teams in sort of a knockout thing would be Better, yeah. I reckon. But I mean, but... there's some
0: ideas floated about this whole playing tournament, or you know that uh, the the teams with the high seeds get to pick their opponents. I can't. I don't mind that idea, just just for the sense that uh, you know the storylines and the grudges that can be held. If you know if the Utah Jazz decide to pick, you know the, the Warriors in a playoff series, and then that's going to add some spice because the Warriors feel like they've been disrespected, and you know they come out and somehow get a win. You know, I think uh, I think the NBA probably needs to be a little bit more proactive and think outside the square with trying to sort of juice the schedule and, and generate a bit more interest at the back end of the year.
2: Well, that's um, the, the generation of interest is or the creation of interest is the only reason that I'm on the positive side of this argument because, because otherwise I don't see a point in it. I don't see a point in rewarding me mediocrity when you have a 72 game season and you get a team like the Spurs that are in it and they've won 33 games or something like that. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's ludicrous. Um, you just shouldn't – you should just be packing up and going home, right? Like, mm. so – because you haven't earned your spot in the playoffs, even if you win both play-in games and then you're there, you haven't earned it. right? I All right. Don't, in my eyes, I don't think that that's – otherwise – so so I'm a little bit torn because I am a supporter of it just because it makes some type of regular season game in the NBA relevant. And I feel like because of the volume of games, there's a lot of irrelevant games, right? So. Yeah. Um, and, so and, I am a fan and, of it in that particular <laughs> sense, but it does highlight or probably just show that those people that were saying that most of the regular season games throughout the NBA season are irrelevant. That, that's pretty true like with this. Mm. You know? Yeah,
1: and, and I, I think you're spot on, and that's the thing. You've got well, – well, we'll pick on the Spurs, for example, and, yeah, they win both their games. They're then first-round fodder. So what's what's kind of the point there?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they'd be less of a chance, you know, the 10th seed is going to be less of a chance of upsetting a number one seed than somebody who actually did get to the eight seed legitimately on games, you know. Yeah. Like,
0: and the yeah. other good thing about the playing is if you have the playing tournament and you have your, you know, your top two seeds play the seven and eight, and the seven and eight have already played games to get there, there's been calls for the first round to go back to a best of five. Um, I am which, you know, uh, back in the day was, was better because of short in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, how, how often do we see first-round sweeps and four-ones? Very rarely oh. will you see any series go six games between one and eight and two and seven.
2: Oh, but, yeah. So
0: either you get that series over nice and quick or if there's a chance of an upset, it's going to happen over a shorter series. And if a team yeah. like one of the lower seats can get on a bit of a momentum roll, just makes a 2-7 a 1-8 series a bit more interesting if it is indeed five games.
2: Yep. Well, either way, boys, they're having the games. They had the first ones today and they're having the rest of them tomorrow and over the next couple of days. So who is going to win the NBA from a playoffs perspective? What do you think about the rest of the playoffs? Because that's the next section of this podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Sure.
0: Well... I had two bets at the start of the year. Put some money on sports bet. This is not a sponsored post. Um, on could be Philadelphia, could be on, on, on <laughs> the Sixers winning the championship. And at the time, they were paying twenty-six bucks, which was very generous. So I jumped on that. Um, and then a few weeks after, before, um, well before the Harden rumor started, I, I jumped on the Brooklyn Nets, um, and I got them at about thirteen bucks, which I thought was pretty, pretty good as well. Um, and those odds shortened quite significantly once Harden come on. I like the Sixers. I mean, the 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 the, the seas parted in in essence for the for Philadelphia. They've got a bit of a dream run all the way to the conference finals. So there's not really many excuses for them not to be there. And uh, once they're there, I think they're obviously good enough to make the finals. Um,
2: so they'll make the finals. Will they win?
0: I still think the Lakers can make the finals. I, If I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, you know, you work hard to get the second seed and the Lakers bum out and end up finishing seventh. And I still think Lakers will beat Phoenix in the first round. So That's pretty um, unbelievable
2: that the Phoenix Suns got the number two seed, but right. Like last year me. they didn't make the playoffs and they've been a bit of a basket case for every year before that recently. Yeah. That's a fair storyline right there. Them getting the number two seed. It will become an even bigger storyline if they get rolled in the first round by by the seventh seed.
0: And all the blame's going to go on Chris Paul, isn't it? I mean, he gets kind of you know basically credited with the turnaround. I know the Phoenix have other players, but you know um, the story's been Chris Chris Paul about... improves so many teams, and then he gets on board, they do well. And
2: well, I saw him spoken about as an MVP candidate yesterday. Now, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch, but like you know i've seen worse people win it
1: <clears throat> but i mean the mvp is just a popularity thing anyway but i mean you look at and and i don't really like him but you look at what he's done this year and you take him out of there they're not even in a in a bloody run for a, a playoff like a a playoff spot or the or the knockout spot like they he has carried them but yeah i think that's a bit bit of a stretch but well in the true
2: sense of an mvp award nugget isn't it it's probably true that he may be the best candidate because because as you've just said there the most valuable player you take him out of that team well they miss the playoffs
1: but you also take jaker out of the nuggets mate the the real mvp and uh there you go so
2: let's just touch on that (laughs) not surprising you like the man it looks like he's eating donuts for the rest of the night. Nikola
0: Jokic, uh, the Absolute. joker. The big Serb. He's, you know, it, it's basically, I mean, he's been ordained as the MVP already. It's hard to see him not getting it. Um, are you happy with, with him winning that award?
1: He, he won't get it. He's not American. They won't like it. They won't give it to a non-American.
2: I think Derek they'll Kovitsky give it to Joel Embiid.
1: Do you think Embiid will get the MVP?
2: Yeah, and I think probably because of the – the well, either him or Steph Curry because I think Nugget's right. I think they write the story for this rather than give it out as a proper award.
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, I, don't, I definitely think Embiid was deserving, but then he missed a lot of time. I think that's going to count against him. I think he'll end up coming second. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Jokic winning the MVP, but I think – out of all those candidates and and Denver's record and seed at three, I think you kind of you'll almost win it by default um, because the other candidates haven't quite met the met, met a games criteria. Not that there is one, but there kind of is one. Um, and then Steph Curry's had an unbelievable season, and his team has barely scraped in. They're they're in the playing tournament. Can you give the MVP to a play on? Uh, you know, a guy on a play playing team? Um, you know,
2: historically, it does go to somebody I think, well, has recently at least in one of the teams with you know top four records and stuff like that. Like, you know, usually you've got to carry your team to a lot of wins to begin to play, don't you? So, and
1: I mean, take taking nothing <laughs> away from Steph because it, again, he's just an absolute freak, but he hasn't had I wouldn't call it like a oh, an MVP season in that he he missed what the first.
2: Quarter. I was going to say, didn't he have a fair bit of time out and start? Yeah, anyway? first so. first
1: quarter of the season, thirty percent of the season, mm. and that took him a little while to get back into. And then now he's just doing the. It looks like he could just throw it from anywhere, and it's going down, even if he's. Well, what was the shot the other day? He's having a shot, and there was four, four players jumping up for the block. It was pretty good, but <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I think there's got to be some kind of longevity to it, but. I mean the NBA MVP awards are yeah, to popularity vote voted by the press that the NBA just gives the final tick on and go, yeah we agree we'll give it to that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean it's almost like this year it's like it's like a game of guess who where you just you got the board of all the players and you're just flicking down players and then you know because or you know, well, not him and it's not this guy because of not enough games played and you know LeBron's out he got injured and definitely Anthony Davis uh you know Embiid's probably there close to the end. Same as Steph Curry, but not, not quite enough games. Records not good enough. Um,
2: what, I feel like it's a two horse race between Jokic and Embiid. I think I, it'll be,
1: it'll think be a, a big, yeah.
2: I yeah.
0: agree. Um, I think Jokic's stats are, are pretty, pretty fantastic. Uh, but he, has he been the best player in the league this year? Probably going to say no. My. Um, probably deserving to be in the talk and has MVP type numbers for the year, but won't register much is Julius Randall from the Knicks. I think he's, he's had yeah. an MVP type season. Um, mm. you know, what's his stats? 24 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. The Knicks have been a bit of a laughing stock for a long time and they finished with 41 and 31 and a four seed. So he's had a fantastic year. Um, definitely deserving of an all NBA spot. Um, and he probably should get some MVP votes. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but just the pity the team he plays on. It's yeah, there's there's no chance of it. But Dink, yeah, absolutely, he's going to be. But, but the Knicks he's did do awl, quite yeah.
0: well in the sense that they um, they made the uh, well the, the seeded fourth, and they haven't made the playoffs for since t- 2013. Mm. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a really a wide. A wide field, and um, you know, there's there's definitely the winner, whoever it is, won't be unanimous. That's for sure. Yeah.
2: So who and, wins the? Oh, sorry, no.
1: I was just going to say the last one before we say who wins the whole the whole kitten caboodle. What about? Uh, and they still just go under the radar, but they are still just winning a ton of games, like the Jazz.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they you know they've been they've been consistently. The best team all year. What like their standout? They stand out, they're, they're just a good team. Like Quinn Snyder is a great coach. Is that they, enough in
0: the playoffs when you have to play a team up to seven times? Like, do, do Utah have the guy to? Do, do well, that? Does they have the guy to? You know, a Steph or a LeBron or? Well, well that's
2: where yes. they've
1: fallen down the last couple of years. Oh, you know? yeah. So
2: my tip, my tip at the start of the playoffs, like as in today, is that the Utah Jazz will be in the NBA Finals. And that's that's purely on the basis of the fact that I'm not saying that the Lakers probably aren't don't have the better talent, but I don't think they'll be able to put that talent on the floor. Right? Yeah. I, I don't think they'll be able to do that. And I, you know, I just I can't see how you'll be able to stop the Jazz's momentum over seven games. I think their depth will wear you down because other teams are struggling more with injuries. They seem to be reasonably fit and healthy, um, and they've won a lot of games. They know what they're doing, and this isn't a team that's a surprise that they're in the playoffs. I mean, these guys were in the It'd top been, probably two or three of that conference for the last couple of years now, right? They've been so building. They're, they're, they're playoff hardened. I feel like it could be their year. I, Joe I, Ingles I, has I,
0: had a very, very steady year. Smoke and mm-hmm. Joe.
1: Yeah. Oh mate, I'd love to I'd love to see his uh retort on uh on Deli's, uh Corona cans. Love to see what Smoke and Joe would pull out. Jeez.
2: What on? the only <laughs> bad thing about if the Jazz won the NBA championship and Smoke and Joe got to have his Corona tins moment is that it would mean that he would miss the Olympics. Yeah. <coughs> but I'd I'd probably How take How far that does, that.
0: The finals, does the finals conflict the Olympics or you just think does the yeah, I think game strike?
2: seven, game seven of the finals, is scheduled for the day before the opening ceremony of the Olympics.
0: Mm. So, is he, hypothetically, getting... if the Jazz, if it went to a seventh game and the Jazz were in it, yeah. And obviously, Joe, we know he's uh, he's a patriotic Aussie Aussie fella, so he'd no. want to be there. Can can a player come in? To, do, what's the story? Do players have to quarantine when they come in?
1: Or I...
2: I think they have to quarantine before they go to the Olympics. The the um the athletes at least like especially
1: that's, that's what they're talking about. Yeah,
2: States, I, I think there is a quarantine period. It maybe maybe different if you're vaccinated. Maybe it's only a, a short quarantine yeah. period. Yeah, um true. and then
0: and then if if the Jazz played the Sixers, and then we're we're super fucked because we'll have Ben Simmons <laughs> on the uh, on the opposing team, oh. in Philadelphia. So there goes any chances of a medal we might have if those I two plays. Can't actually I don't think it.
2: you're going to see too many of the NBA guys in the boomers. I think you're going to see Pat Mills and Matt Delavadova And anybody that's in the playoffs is a risk, I reckon. Like and that's probably about it, like so. Um but that's uh, Brian Gorgian alluded to it a little bit last night in his press conference after the Hawks game. That basically every player in the NBL is coming in and trying to play their heart out against the Hawks. Because they're trying to impress him for a spot, and that gives me the impression that he's looking more in the NBL for guys than he is in the NBA because of that timing. I think, I think there's going to be a stretch. I think if you know, like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be different. I think the good part is is the Raptors are out, so Baines will be available. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. It also means
0: <laughs> every other potential top tier USA player may actually not want to participate. In, well, in I, well,
2: you know, it could work, it could work for you. Like, you know, Jesus, like let's hope the nuggets get pretty deep and Nick and Jokic doesn't play at the Olympics. And you know, let's hope Giannis doesn't play at the Olympics, like and let's hope a lot of the US dream team doesn't get to 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 like it has to run deep, you know, like that would be handy. You know, it could open up the field. Um yeah. you know, I think Ricky Absolutely. Rubio just finished his season though. So <laughs> Spain well, the is the, uh, the the
0: race, the Olympic gold medal might might pan out much the same as the um, the MVP race—a bit of a game of guess who and who, who's who's the last man standing.
2: Oh, absolutely! Like cobbling together a team this for the for the Olympics is going to be fuck, like it's going to be half the battle. It's kind yeah, of crazy exactly. that
0: you know when when COVID started in March or February twenty twenty. You know, it's it's eighteen months. It's a good solid eighteen months of this, and uh, yep. it doesn't look like it's uh, you know going to slow down for another. Twelve to eighteen months.
2: No, so my tip for the NBA finals, boys, is Utah versus Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Out of all the series, is that potential series? Which one, you know, I guess in the conferences, would you want to see the most? What 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 potential matchup excites you the most?
2: I like the Celtics Brooklyn matchup. Like. Yep. <clears throat> that's a pretty good one that's a nice rivalry <clears throat> um i do like the Lakers playing basically anyone yeah. um because i'd like to see how that goes and then probably I, as a fan of the league in the in the 80s and 90s i love to see the fact that the new york knicks are back in the playoffs the league yeah, was off good. when the knicks suck and, and they've sucked for a long time.
0: Isn't it ironic that, um, that the year the Knicks get in in the playoffs, not many fans are going to be at Madison Square Garden to watch them because that would probably be the best atmosphere of, of any team to have a, a packed Madison Square Garden in a playoff game.
2: Well, I read the other day you know, that because of the scarcity of tickets and obviously because it's New York, the cheapest ticket to go and see game one of this matchup versus the Hawks, 970 bucks right? wow. plus fees. <laughs> So Already. what's their
0: capacity? The Celtics today had 4,000 at their game, which was uh,
2: yeah. 25%. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't actually know. But whatever capacity, <coughs> whatever capacity it is, it shouldn't be that capacity. Oh, tw-
0: uh, d- 20%. More, 20, I think 20,000 is the average of, of the size of the capacity at the arena. So had 4, I, I think
1: I, I think New York, though, try and keep those fans out of the stand. They'd be if a right. I reckon they'll just go fuck it, open the gate.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Get out of the way, you goddamn schmuck. And
0: the crazy thing is, like, down in Miami, Florida don't really have any COVID restrictions at all. So, you know, the, the, they may have a bit of an advantage in the sense that they, they might be able to actually pack out an arena Um yeah. if, if, if the NBA don't have any sort of crowd restrictions on it.
2: Well, I spoke to Liam Simmons not long ago. Our good friend Liam, coach Colorado, Christian, uh, His basic sentiment about what the world was like over there was with regards to COVID, mate, everyone's just given up. No one gives a fuck anymore. Everyone's just doing what they used to do with their time and hoping they don't get it. And most people aren't successful in that and are getting it. (laughs) And so basically in order to continue life as they know it and go back to it, they've all just gone, fuck it, just wear a mask, wash your hands and see how you go.
1: Well, there you go. As as of today at 6 o'clock, uh, the mayor the increased capacity for both the Knicks and Nets, so Madison Square Garden and Barclays, uh, are up to 50%, so 13,000 in each arena. Right.
0: Man, after, after playing for almost a year and a half with no one, 13,000 is going to sound like 130,000.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What about you, Trinity? What matchups are you looking forward to in the playoffs? Then, what do you think?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I would actually. I'm kind of keen to see a a, a Brooklyn Sixers conference finals. I think that that be excellent. Um, a lot of intriguing matchups there, and hopefully the Sixers, for the sake of my higher paying return, if if, if they win the championship, <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised if just the sheer top top heavy talent of the Nets gets through to the finals. I mean, if the Nets make the finals, I can't see anyone beating them. I mean, would you? So the only thing that's going imagine, to get in the Nets' road oh, is health.
2: What would it be like if it was Nets Knicks?
0: Series? Oh, that'd be awesome. Mm. Yeah, Nets Knicks. I think a Lakers Clippers series, conference finals, or you know, um, the, the Clippers lost on purpose basically to avoid them until the conference finals. So that, that that'd be a kind of a cool sort of way to to have a conference finals, the battle of LA. You know, imagine I it was you just ba- said, the Battle I of LA he- and the Battle of New York to make the NBA Finals, but the, the, those four teams yeah. would be kind of cool.
2: I think you just said on porpoise. That was funny. So. <laughs>
0: Go the Dolphins. <laughs>
2: Go the Dolphins. Uh, I think, uh, look, I, you know, I, that would be pretty awesome. I would like to see that. I. Right. What's your dream... Finals matchup with the teams that are in the playoffs now, is it would it be Nets Lakers? Like, if everyone was healthy, like, would it No,
0: because I think, I think Kevin Durant always beats LeBron. (laughs) My my dream finals matchup would be Sixers
2: Lakers, yeah, right, yeah. You think they're the two best teams, like, as in talent wise, if they could all get everyone on the floor, that's probably the two best teams.
0: I just think the matchups that those two, the problems that those two teams give each other, and Mm. sort of the supporting cast. By far, would give us the best series. Uh, yeah. I think you, you you know Anthony Davis and Embiid are foil for each other. Ben Simmons, you know, is probably the the best guy in the league to guard LeBron. Um, you know, and then you've obviously got your deficiencies in, in in with certain you know areas, whether it be on offense and defense for both teams. And it, it might might even just be a series that's sort of you know heavily influenced by your role players because your, your top guys might cancel each other out.
2: That's why I reckon that the Jazz are gonna win it because I think they've just got better role players and they've got better depth and they got better guys that know their system better. I don't think you're gonna see teams like the Lakers switch it on and go on a run and make the NBA finals. They they're too far back. So yeah.
0: But I mean, you know, like I think the last time that a team finished with a low seed that won it was the Houston Rockets on their in their back-to-back one. They finished with the sixth seed, ended up sweeping yep. Orlando in the finals. Um <laughs> They had a bit of an injury interrupted season. Come on strong at the end and traded for Clyde Drexler. I think you know it might be a blessing in disguise for the Lakers, um, who's you know once again I think have a even though they finished seventh, they'll go in favourites of this series with the Suns, um, simply because you know Phoenix don't have enough front court depth to uh, you know stop a, a trio of Anthony Davis, Drummond, and Marcus Sale, and then of course th- throw the best player in the league still LeBron and
1: Gonna to be tough for him. I don't know. It's just harder it, it, it when play off
0: series when you got your best players a six foot one point
1: guard. Yeah, if these injuries are real though for the Lakers, or if they just because see, they, like Maybe the they're just day, resting him. Well, the other game I watched, LeBron didn't look right. A little bit of foxing all.
0: going
1: on, I think. Yeah, that's what that's what I'll be interested in. In that, yeah, like we'll know come playoff time because they'll either turn it on or. And I think that's was, that was that's where the Lakers will go in terms of they'll either turn it on and kill it or they'll just start dropping like flies with injuries. Like if they, to be honest, if these injuries are actually real, then I don't see them going. Yeah, not, not even to conference final. Yeah, um, yeah. But like I said the other day, watching LeBron, he didn't look right. He looked mm. a bit sore, and but again. Is he just sort of going? Well, who gives a shit? We're, we're going to make it anyway. So yeah, you, you don't know. But mate, there's some, there's a few interesting ones there. Like you touched on first rounds: Nets, Celtics, um, the Heat, and Bucks. That'll be a that'll be a pretty good first rounder. Um, and well, the imagine if The Bucks
0: tra- lose again to the Heat. Jeez, and yeah, no. <laughs> Giannis signed his extension. will be
1: yeah, yeah. And then oh, the trade oh, rumors. But- Nuggets no, and the trailblazers with Dame time. To see if he because that's the thing. Come playoffs, it's, dip, it's different ball games. So, and yeah, bloke like, to...
2: a bloke like Luka Doncic could get catch fire in the playoffs and take his team a bit deep. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, true.
0: And unfortunately for the Mavericks, I think that was the worst possible first round matchup they could get. The Clippers,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Um,
0: I think Clippers have enough wing defense to essentially negate. Um. Dallas. You know you imagine having Kawhi, Leonard, and Paul George run at you 48 minutes that you you're you're playing and you're sort of at a disadvantage athletically. Um Luca mm. might be smarter than him, but they'll definitely make him work for it.
1: They don't have the cattle though. That's Dallas' no. problem when you have got right. that running out, yeah. Oh.
2: yeah. And then true. the
0: Nuggets minus, you know, Jamal Murray with his knee injury. Um, yeah. you know, Damian Lillard has a, a track record of coming up big when it counts the most.
2: Just yeah, they could.
1: Be- some of the
2: time,
1: we'll just make sure we went. We're not up by two with five seconds to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he does love chucking it in from the ocean, no,
1: just yeah. from halfway. Nice little pull yeah.
2: Well, one thing's
0: for sure I like the fact that there's not a super clear cut favorite, and the no. air of unpredictability makes this playoffs very enticing.
2: It does. Looking forward to it, boys. Out yeah. play out, yeah. right. So this streety is the last week's phenomenon in the NRL of the crackdown on head high tackles and malicious and violent play,
1: high contact. Or, yeah, or uh, I was going to say all non malicious and just coincidental slap in the face, but still.
2: <laughs> now this saw something like how many sin bins on the weekend? Something like fourteen
0: sin bins, three send-offs,
1: or something like that. Fourteen and three. Yep, fourteen. Yeah, and two. wow.
0: 14-3. So, um, no,
2: is this a good thing? As a bloke who once gave me advice in a basketball game that they can't run without heads, so go for <laughs> it. What? What's your take on this in terms of was this necessary from the NRL or has it just simply been an overreaction and ruined the game?
1: Yeah. Well, I also put in uh, you can't beat them, build them. But anyway. Yeah.
2: Um, yep. But
1: at the same time, look... It's a a good thing. The timing of it could not be any more piss poor. When you've got magic round, you've got the focus on you trying to get publicity for the game, whatever it might be. And you go bang. And you've got all these purists and going, ah, it's gone soft. This is bullshit. You got – what did Rick Stewart say about fucking netball, idiot? But anyway, that's another story. Good old Ricky. That's another, that's another <laughs> oh, story sticky. Funny that dickhead idiot. hasn't
2: got a brain in his head. Yeah, oh, so
1: No, that. no. Well, there's the problem, getting hit in the head. So there you go. Yeah. But, um, but look, I think the timing of it's all wrong. This is something that should have been sent out to teams four or five weeks before the season started to say, yeah. right, there's a crackdown this season. They and. and they they shouldn't hide behind the fact. They should say we're going similar paths to other leagues. They don't have to mention, but it's the same as the AFL. AFL, you go a, a fraction, you touch their neck, bang, free. So I think And this
2: is kind of like my actual point. I, I agree with you, Nugget, in the sense of the timing of this is really poor. Mm. But I would probably go a step further to say the timing of it probably needed to be about two years ago. When yeah, well
1: that's the other, when, yeah, yeah.
2: When somewhere like AFL and rugby union introduced really strict measures on this and actually lived through a crackdown. And and it did change the game, no doubt, especially in rugby union, right? Like if you if you have a look at the yellow card and red card of offenses over the last three or four years in rugby union, uh mate, that like you know, there are guys getting sent off for things that you know two years ago they would have been applauded and given a bigger contract for, you know. Um and in the AFL absolutely they've cracked down on it. I feel like the NRL is really late to the party here. Mm. And and I think I think that that there's they are suffering badly from a from a PR perspective because they it does seem like it's a knee-jerk reaction but it's probably been something that's two years in the making really. Yeah.
1: And I mean someone like for instance well Trent Barrett came out and said he got the he <laughs> it's funny you mentioned I got the facts On Friday at lunchtime, which one, the bull still using a fax. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But. Times are tough at Belmore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But. Mate, actually, no. He he probably bought his own fax
2: machine. (laughs) Trent Barrett was um, driving up to Queensland because we couldn't afford to fly him and he had a fax (laughs) in his car.
1: (laughs) I hadn't read this week's faxes. Yeah, Yeah. but but no, but again, just the whole thing of it stinks in terms of. One, the timing of it, so the teams are told, well, some of them the day of their game, That by the way, now don't touch anywhere near – not – there's probably some that do go out, but majority of the league do not go out to to get a high tackle or to – there's aggression in the game and there's going to be accidents and everything like that. So I think, well, even that just is stupid in the fact that it was Magic Round as well that, oh, by the way –
2: yeah, probably one of the worst things was, was that the crackdown obviously started on Friday night and Friday night's games.
0: Set the but precedent.
2: The, yeah, but and they did set the precedent at that point in time. But the worst high tackles were probably in the very last game of the round. You would have thought that those blokes might have learnt something from that precedent, yeah. like to maybe go, mate, you probably don't need to do that. But they were the ones who just kind of went in, like just like, Clubbed in with an iron bar or whatever, like. So then,
0: that I I think that highlights. I mean, I definitely think the pendulum swung too far um, with how it was dealt with. Nobody is going to disagree that um, you know you need to protect the player from high contact, but in a lot of you just example, their macker, you have to actually change the behaviour totally. And changing the behaviour can't happen in forty eight hours. You actually have to these guys need to be coached on how to tackle a player differently to what they're coached. You know, mm. players are now coached to tackle high because wrap them up from the waist up to avoid an offload, right? So uh, in a contested tackle. So if you have like guys like the SASA from the Gold Coast and then the Dragons bloke rushing the line and coming high, then that is just basically muscle memory from a year's worth of training to hit a, hit a player high to prevent an offload. So yeah. um, it, it's going to take more than just a mandate from from the head office to say hey you know any high contacts going to be dealt with because we're, we're, now, now that the, the, the has essentially just raised the bar in terms of how they're going to deal with it it has to yeah. remain like that for the rest of the season now can you imagine yeah. how bad state of origin is going to be if they're going to continue with this oh. with well, dealing that's with
2: a it question are they going to are they going to like implement the same kind of uh tolerance levels. Well they have well, they to they, have to. they, have they kind to of
1: they can't now. They can't because not. Because because if if like they say it's about player welfare, well they can't just go, well, you can get hit high and knocked out in origin, because that's origin, but everywhere yeah. else, no, you can't do that. Like, so there's no, a
0: couple no. of examples from the weekend you have to look at sort of, you know, whether um, there was intent or whether it was incidental. There was one tackle, I can't remember who it was, I think it was I think it was McGuire from the Dragons. Went to tackle him around the chest. His ball, his arm, forearm. Now we all know Josh McGuire's a grub, but in this case, the ball, his arm bounced off the ball and went up and, and got him in the face. That is incidental. Definitely, probably warrants a penalty because contact was made with the head. But I don't think it deserved ten in the bin. Josh Papali yeah. sent off. He led with the shoulder, no doubt. Shoulder charge definitely mm. should be sent off. One thing, another example was Jack Whiten got bin for. Um, dangerous low contact, where he was the third man in and attacked the legs. Cannonball. Cannonball. Now, that um, definitely should have been sent off and not 10 in the bin. Those are sort of uh, – that's a definite tackle that you have to take out of the game because, you know, he clearly injured the player. So changing the behaviour, changing the way you uh, are coached. So it's going to take more more, more than a few weeks. Um, so definitely yeah. put the man at eight internally and say, hey, listen, this is going to be from 2022 – we have some major rule changes we'll publish this we understand it can't happen straight away so start cudging it now um
2: what about um paul gallon like he's been an advocate for you know like he's he's been quoted as saying things like well just because you know someone headhires james tedesco i don't think that means that all the under eights games, Across the country, you're then going to have a bunch of kids that run out there and try and head hire another player or whatever. So that was one quote. But then today I read, obviously, a quote that was attributed to him, basically that every time he does a radio interview now, he manage, he, he ensure, insists on carrying a pen and paper with him so he can write things down these ass because he's starting to forget things. And he's a bit <laughs> concerned by that. And I'm like, I'm not so sure you're seeing the connection here, Paul. <laughs> no, no,
0: that's right. And, you know, like players by nature aren't intentionally going out there to injure someone and head high tackle them. It's it, it's just a – it's technique and it's speed. It's, a speed. it's the speed of the game, probably fatigue from the defender's thing and just, a, you know, uh, poor technique. And so that's happening, right? So once again, Gal, he's probably been on his fair receiving end of um, high tackles, high shots, and stuff forget he's into boxing now as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think uh, – yeah, he's got to uh, probably think about what he says a little bit more carefully.
2: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. The, I don't know even if he thought about it that he come up with anything better. To be honest, <laughs> but like, that's always the way. So. so,
0: I mean, all right. So, in in light of, of what we think, obviously, we recognise the uh, you know the, the concussions, the head injuries, are something that's always going to be present in rugby league. Always have been. Just that the the light shining brighter on it now. Um, we know that uh, the the sport itself is open up to is open itself up to legal action. It's happened a little bit now, but you can probably see that there'll be cases of that will increase down the line. How if you're an administrator, Mac? If you're Peter Verlandis and you're looking after rugby league, If, rugby you're, league. Uh, if you're in charge yeah. of rugby there's league, and he
1: uh, sounds like he's got a
2: head injury, doesn't he, old Pete? Uncle Pete.
1: Yes, yeah, I was going to say, there's half the problem you got that idiot running the game dude. it's
2: probably where he made his millions is you might have had, used to have uncle pete's toys yeah so if you're if you're in charge of the game or if you're in a
0: committee and you have to pre- present a case to Peter Velandas to change the way rugby league is hmm. um, officiated and played what are some of the things or measures that you probably think need to be instituted for player safety to avoid a continuous sort of you know a dialogue about high contact Plays in the bin because it's it's, it's only negative. All the, all the talk about footy this week has been negative and not positive.
2: Well, I think Streedy, I think you raised a good point, mate, when you said that there's a difference between an intent to commit a high tackle and or a, like some type of like foul play, and something that comes from muscle memory. Now, obviously, intent's really hard to measure, but I think I think you can have a look at. Um, the AFL have a good rule in the sense of you can still shoulder bump, right? Like you can still shoulder charge basically in the AFL. However, if the opposing player gets hurt, right, then basically you are up for suspension because the onus is on you that you took the risk even even if it was because they were falling down, even if it was because You know, you might administer the bump properly, but they still get hurt. The onus is on you as the person who decided to use it, that it's a risky play and therefore your intent was that they may get hurt and so you have to pay the price for that.
0: What about the gamesmanship of side of things, of playing milking a free kick or, or trying to milk a penalty in that case? How would you eradicate that?
2: Well, at the end of the day, you're going to get that anyway, right? Like I think everybody will try and take advantage and somebody will try and do that. I think you do have to try and and look and punish that. One of the things I think that we tend not to use, soccer has started to use video replay for all types of judgment calls. And I don't think the bunker is used for some of these judgment calls on foul plays, right? I think they need to use these judgment calls on foul plays to actually go back and say, okay, well, um, is there – He's, was there an intent in that? So Josh Papalis, for example, I think it was ruled correctly because there would have – he took too much of a risk. It was a shoulder charge, right? If somebody yes. gets hurt and you makes contact with their head, well, then you're gone. That's the risk you take, mate. Um, if you're going to play like that, you're going to risk going to the bin. But if that player hadn't been hit <clears throat> and he lies down and basically fakes for a penalty, well, that's easily identifiable on video as well, right? Like, And so it's not wouldn't be hard. That if that player then just gets up and jogs back into the line, or throws a wink to somebody, or something along those lines, that six tackles later, you pull the game up and you go, mate, we caught you on video, and we know that you were faking it, and that was basically staging. You're going to go to the bin too now, right? Yeah. Like, so fuck you, well, because if you're gonna if you're gonna get everything out of the game, and and have a PR disaster, you might as well have a PR disaster all at once.
0: So I'll, I'll highlight an example, Macca, because that's a good point you raised. Um, during the South Cronulla game, Cronulla were down 20-0, played like absolute dog's piss. They were hopeless. Huh. For some reason, somehow they come back and they made it back to 20-16. To Cronulla were on the attack and, you know, looking like you know in a pretty good position to sort of, you know, tie it or, or take the lead. Um, Chad Townsend gets uh, pulled up for a penalty for a high contact, a crusher on Cody Walker, right? it was you know shame to be cody walker took an absolute dive and, and and play acted um the play got pulled up by that video ref four tackles later brought back to the spot um commentators everyone going what the hell replay showed that you know he was nothing happened it was he was just acting south kicking in touch off the penalty score for the next set game over mm. um so obviously we we know that that, that that's a problem so you know in your example dealing with the player cody walker like how much is too much where you have to constantly stop the game and go back and and review it i don't mind the idea of what you mentioned i'm not sure how that can be executed one sort of you know um, solution i had is you know prevention is better than cure right so if, if players know that okay if you the, the match review committee look at every incident in a game after every round and and, and players can be cited after the game's finished and in yep. front of the judiciary. In a situation like that, match review committee can penalise the players who play act. Um, so in that case, if you, you know, if Cody Walker in this instance, if, if I was uh, in charge of, you know, Rod Walug and uh, handing my um, recommendations to Volandis, I'd say players you know, upon a match review committee uh, will be fined five grand if if they are shown to be to be given a penalty for play acting, right, and then if you have three, then throughout the course of the season, then you get charged with ga- bringing the game into disrepute and suspend it for four weeks, uh, yeah. plus plus your fines, right? So hit hit him in the hip pocket uh, before, so make him think about um, you know pocket before penalties, basically. So if you start to de incentivise what it is for the players. May, maybe that's a way to do it. Um,
2: well, I don't, I don't, like, at least they're not I, like. I I probably agree that your solution would probably influence the flow of the game less than mine, um, and it makes then for more of a spectacle for the game. But I think your solution would be much harder to implement because fines are so small in most sports anyway, because players' unions are involved and they don't want fines to actually be a punishment. I know, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a,
0: there's there's a a crossroad somewhere or or a point where you have to come together and go, okay, well, this is, this is what we want. This is what we want. Let's find a, uh, you know, a um, a solution to
1: that. See, I thought they, they had it right. And it actually started at the start of the season, but they've gone away from it, which it was one of the new rules that was implemented where basically if you stop the game because you're down or whatever, you're off there's no none of this going to check it or anything. And they did it for the first couple of rounds. You're off for HIA because you're down on the ground. Mm. So therefore you're off. Mm. So I mean yes there would still be games if you that because they're going beautiful free sub, but when you've got these playmakers, they don't want to go off. So I think that may stop them from staying down and what have you because if you stay down and the game has to stop for you, you're off.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think rugby league's at a at a bit of an inflection point now, where you know if if they don't get it right in the next couple of in the next year or so, then it's going to be some kind of a glorified sport that doesn't necessarily reflect what what it used to be. Um, so a, a couple of big decisions, I think. What, well, another thing I I would look at it changing is definitely you know you got to ban the third man in. You have to ban that low tackle. So what what Jack Whiten did. Um, you've got to coach that out of the game. That's something you can coach out easily, right? So, you know, um, send off for for any third man in tackle at the legs. Automatic. See you later. You're off. Um, But also, too, I think, you know, there might come a point where, you know, uh, they they ban a third man in a tackle at any point. So maximum two plays in a tackle. Much the same what they did with the strip. You know, one-on-one strip is legal. You can start with two plays in a tackle. One guy has to peel off and then the other player can strip the ball. Same thing with the, with a three man in. So, if you have two guys affecting the tackle, one guy might drop off, another bloke might come in to finish it off. Two in the tackle at any one point. Um, I think what will happen there is you're going to see less um, head, head contact injuries from players rushing in as a third man or a second man, even um, less leg injuries for sure. Um, and players might be re coached to sort of tackle from the hips down um, to bring them to ground quicker. Um, I think also, too. The uh, byproduct of that is you can introduce bigger guys back into the game, you know, you know, different body shapes, more effective, where you you, you can run your front rowers 10 meters out, try and crash over because you can have two blokes who can only tackle you to stop the try. So if there weren't any points and tries, you're going to be an advocate that way.
2: for that because it'll mean that Andrew Fafita's career will <coughs> extended by three or four years because he's basically a bowling ball or. Oh, yeah, well, Danny Weeks well, 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 is back. I think at the moment that... Uh, Someone called Dave Taylor. Has anyone got his number? Even if
0: that was the case, he couldn't get out of the line. He doesn't have the, the juice in his legs. But, I mean, something has to happen, right? You can't... This can't keep continuing. I, I think um, there has to be some kind of a major way the rules of... The game's officiated and getting coached mm. if players are still going to want to do what they want to do.
2: Street, if I had Peter valandi's ear, the only thing that I would say to him right now is, we have to stop making changes mid-season, right? 100 percent. Like last year, they they got lucky with the changes of the of 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 the rules oh. after the COVID break, right? But, like, but did they announce that during?
0: So the players had time to actually get relatively the players on. Certainly,
2: the players certainly had more time than they had this weekend, right? But mm. what the NRL has to do is get a bit of confidence about itself and probably stop going around and asking every coach that's ever been in the game or whatever for their opinion in the off-season and just simply say, this is what we want the game to be. We need the game to be safe or we need the game to be fast or we need the game to be high-scoring. And that's going to be our focus and they need to change the rules in the off season and allow teams to train and prepare for it. And, and then they need to stick with it throughout the year. The thing that's doing them in at the moment is, is, is the fact that round 10 is different to round nine. And, and so like for me, that's the thing that I would probably say to to uncle Pete is mate, just we've got to just stick with something here, you know, like, if head injuries weren't that much focused. Now, I get because head injuries are so horrific and, and there's so much of a focus that when you get bad press about them, you have to crack down on them. But you shouldn't have been leaning on them in the first place, for God's sake. Like, yeah. they should have committed in the in the off-season to getting them out anyway. So,
0: Where do you see rugby league in five or ten years? How, how different is it?
2: Um... Mate, I think it's going to be I, – I don't think you're going to see them go backwards and have the bigger, slower type player come back into the game. I think it's going to be a little bit like AFL where the fitness of the athletes is so superior um, that you're basically going to see a very fast, very high-scoring game, right? And I would say that in five years' time, if rugby league wants to survive – It's going to have to have its own version of 2020 cricket. It's going to have to have a faster, shorter version of the game, right? Because as viewers, we're all being conditioned now to that highlights package, the NRL mini, the NBA minis, uh, where no one actually wants to watch the entire game. Everyone wants to watch 10 minutes of highlights. So I kind of feel like it's going to be a a hybrid mix of something to do with like a 2020 cricket approach that might be played, you know, midweek or something like that. So, and there'll be a specialty player for it if they want yeah. to continue to attract dollars.
0: Because I guess if you have a high speed, you've got high fatigue. So, you know, like um, if, you, if, if you want that, you know, do you shorten the game by, do you have a 70-minute, 35-minute half and, you know, five tackle sets instead of six or seven? If the game so doesn't, doesn't same become
2: if the game doesn't become less physical, streety with all of those cannonball tackles and all that kind of stuff, then kids just aren't going to bother playing it, mate. So um, because parents aren't going to let it. Parents in our generation would be it, like, the, I know so many parents who just say, oh, I don't want my kids going anywhere near league because too physical, too much of a risk of a head injury. I'm one of them. You are too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I actively try and encourage my kids to play soccer because there's less chance of a head injury hmm yeah
0: interesting times ahead hey
2: yep well that was a good episode boys
0: well guys uh for all our listeners out there if you're a fan of rugby league and you have some uh suggestions on uh what rule changes you'd like to see because uh sports spit had definitely has some influence out there in the world of twitter we've been uh pretty active on the twitter feed and some um some Twitter sledging and some, um, you know, a bit of trolling here and there the last few weeks just to keep it
2: interesting. We've been so, suspended uh, from social media for a while by most platforms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, we're, we're okay. We've begun going all right. We've been calling yeah. out the Cronulla Sharks and their lack of action on certain things quite a bit on the, on the Twitter feed there. So <laughs> highlighting, some, uh, hi- highlighting some roster competences and some uh, selection conundrums for sure. Is
2: it? A- Everyone thinks that our social media accounts are to promote the podcast. They're actually just so you've got a burner account to hide behind the sledge The canalis shark. <laughs> well,
0: I got to say, it comes in handy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: very good. Either that, or, or head over to the Adelaide Crows page, where yeah, <laughs> it's, our, our resident specialist will uh, educate educate the whole board on who to play that week. Don't, Lugget,
0: are we don't. Are we happy with um, how the AFL's tracking this year? So
1: far, what are they, eight or nine, 10 rounds in? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. We've got a half my bloody side out injured now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it's, I, yeah. So, sorry, Yeah. What did you no, say? I was just going to say, yeah, it's going well. I mean, the, the games are entertaining. Um, It's sort of, well, you look at, and just to quickly cut back and you talk rule changes, they did it well in that they went, changed a rule at the start of the season, coached it. At each club, as in the the umpires went out and coached it to each club, therefore, there was no misunderstanding. I think they had one, maybe two rounds at the start where there were some free kicks given because they Mm -hmm. were a bit uncertain, but after that, it's running smoothly, it's doing exactly what they wanted, which was high scoring. Um, the fitness is back into it because they're back playing full full quarters now. Um, Well, that's the yeah, thing, isn't
0: just, it? If, if, you, if you can coach a change and implement it at the start of the season, no one's going to remember that at the end of the season because everyone's doing no, what,
2: and they're
1: already doing what it. the intended thing was.
2: And this yeah. is where I think the NRL got it right last year and this year I think the AFL's got it right. And I wouldn't have said that at the start of the year. I probably was more looking forward to watching the NRL than the AFL. And I, after nine to ten rounds, I'm probably more interested in the AFL games again than I am in the NRL games at this mate, stage because I think they've got it right.
0: It's fucking hard to watching a rugby league game at the moment without, you know, bitching about the, the decisions and the officiating just because
1: oh, it's been so oh,
0: wildly oh, oh. inconsistent and, and unpredictable. Like, you know, if, yeah. if a guy – it's almost like a, it's a crap shoot now. If a bloke gets anyone around the shoulder, it's going to be a penalty? Oh, shit, he might go to the bin. What's going to happen? So yeah, you just, yeah. you're on this roller coaster of uncertainty now watching footy.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm an absolute league in terms of nights, tragic, etc. Every Friday night, I watch the AFL now. Yeah. I don't watch Friday night football unless it's the nights and then I'm at the game and going, holy shit, what happened there? But um, but leaving the, the Saturday Ave games now as well, and... That sort of thing, which it's just a better product, to be honest. Yeah. You. Well, I
0: of mean, the world looked on the AFL with a bit of a tad of jealousy a few weeks back when there was a post-covid world record sporting crowd of seventy-eight yeah. thousand AFL yeah, game. They got, yeah, so we're very yes. good. The envy of the world.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Maca, well, I've got we got you in a video feed here on Zoom, and no one else can see, but Nug and I can look right up your nostrils at a couple of those hairs because <laughs> the way you got your phone angled. <laughs> You're looking pretty tired, so I think it's uh, I think it's best we wrap this up and you go get some sleep,
2: eh, your old man? It's been a long day, boys. It's been a long day. A,
1: trust me, I know. I was up at four this morning.
2: Nice. Four yeah. are you. Yeah. What are you doing, you your own do fitness this session, much. mate?
1: Midnight oil, mate. Midnight oil.
2: Nice. Oh, the world of banking never stops, mate. You can't, <laughs> you can't get out <laughs> enough, can you? Well, it's like cryptocurrency, mate, 24-7. Yeah, never no. sleeps. 60, never sleeps. <laughs> never stops. And bankers. All right. Thanks, everybody.
1: We'll be
0: back for the next episode, number 53 of Sport and Spit, coming up in a couple of months' time. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Hopefully sooner than that. But uh, don't forget to let us know some of your rugby league rule changes on our comments, and uh, we'll post a nice graphic somewhere there. Until then, enjoy.
2: Adios. Cheers.